Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Anyways, hey, welcome uh, to Lighthouse Community. My name is Fritz. I'm one of the pastors here. Really glad you are with us, especially I want to welcome all of our guests who are here today. Thank you for joining us uh, at Lighthouse Community. And I do want to give a quick shout out uh, to our crew that is meeting down in Bluffton. Uh, they're joining us right now as well. So we're really glad that you are with us. And I wanted to let our, our family uh, know about a couple things that have been going on. Our team uh, was doing some looking back on last year, and we were looking back at some kids stuff. And we noticed that in 2022, uh, the number of kids that were a part of Lighthouse Kids on Sunday morning was 56. Um, That's a lot in and of its own. And so we went and looked at 2023. And what has happened is from 22 to 23, we had 56 kids averaging on Sunday morning. Now in 2023, we have 74 kids on Sunday morning. And over the last nine weeks, it has been over 80 on Sunday morning, right? Just kids right here in the house, learning about who Jesus is and discovering the hope of the gospel. And so absolutely incredible. We're so grateful for all of our Lighthouse Kids volunteers doing incredible things. Uh, And then the other thing is at Bluffton Community, and you guys would know this, uh, just last Sunday, uh, you guys have had over 50 kids uh, joining you on Sunday mornings, learning about who Jesus is, discovering the gospel. Absolutely incredible. So just between our two locations, over 130 kids are hearing the gospel. They're learning about who Jesus is. They're taking next steps in their growth. So I wonder if we could do this at all of our locations. Could we take a moment and try to let our Lighthouse kids and our Bluffton kids teams know how much we love them and thank them for the work they're they're doing? Can we do that right now and just... Yeah, let them know. Yeah. (laughs) They're awesome. Sometimes we get to hear the joy coming out of that room, right? Like, it's good stuff. And I want to encourage you, uh, you might even consider uh, joining one of those teams, either at Lighthouse or at Bluffton. And and the process is really simple. Uh, If you want to join a team of uh, ministry team, it's just simply you try it once. And then you try it again, and if it works out for you, you can join the team. Uh, It's really that simple. So I want you to consider that's actually the next step on the back of your connection card about uh, trying out serving with Lighthouse Kids or Bluffton. Uh, I would encourage you to check that, and uh, we'll get you more information about that. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Mighty to Save. And what we're doing for the next three weeks, it's our Christmas series, we are going to be spending time looking at the birth of Christ, and we're looking at three aspects of the birth of Jesus Christ and how Jesus' birth really does reveal what salvation in Christ looks like. Okay, So we're looking at the birth of Christ and how that helps us understand what salvation in Jesus Christ looks like. And just very quickly, that word salvation, I think, needs to be defined. Because I think a lot of people, you hear that word, you think about that word, and there may be uh, all kinds of ideas and definitions. And I want to give you a quick working definition of salvation that we'll be using for the next three weeks. And really, uh, as a family at Lighthouse Community. So there's three parts to this idea of salvation. And here's the first one. It's rescue from sin and death. Salvation is rescue from sin and death. That's the first part. The second part of salvation is it's renewal of your spirit. 
a renewal of your spirit. We're going to talk more about that later this morning. And then finally, it's a right relationship with God. It's a right relationship with God. So you have rescue from sin and death. You have a renewal of your spirit and you have a right relationship with God. That is what salvation is. That's what we're talking about when we use that term. And so kind of keep that in your mind. Note takers are jotting those things down right now, right? And so it's rescue, re- uh, renewal, and right relationship. Uh, just revamping it real quick. But that's what we're going to be doing for the next three Sundays. And this morning, I wanted to take a quick poll. How many of you in here this morning, also at Bluffton Community, we're going to quick raise of hands. How many of you this morning you go, I really enjoy receiving gifts. Raise your hand if you're, oh, there, yeah, <laughs> hands are going up. I love receiving gifts. Okay, good. All right, now let's do the other side. How many of you, you really enjoy giving gifts? Put your hands up. All the, okay, yeah, all right, good. Notice there's more givers than receivers this morning. What, here's what it is. You didn't want to admit that you're a taker. That's, what, that's all, that's what it is. You're like, oh, I can't raise my hand on receiving in church. It's better to give than to receive, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you're thinking about giving gifts. And, and I was wondering, you don't have to answer this out loud, but I want you to think about this for a second. Think about however long you've been giving gifts, birthdays, Christmases, holidays, whatever, anniversaries. And I want you to think, what is the greatest gift you can remember giving to another person? Take a moment and think about that. What is the greatest gift you can remember giving to another person? And so I've been thinking about that this week. You know, I knew I was going to ask you that question. And so I've been thinking about what is the greatest gift that I can remember giving to somebody else? And pretty quickly, uh, it came to, you know, probably the greatest gift I've ever given was to Christina, my wife. And so that came really quickly. And I started to think, what's the greatest gift that I've ever given to my wife? And as I thought about it, I meditated it, meditated on it for a while. It hit me. The greatest gift that I've ever given Christina is me. Right? <laughs> right? It's me. It's me. I'm, I'm adorable. I'm, right? I'm lovable. Okay, all right, just kidding. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, but no, like, think about this. We love, we love giving gifts. And, and imagine this scenario for just a moment. Imagine that you're in love with somebody. You know, uh, you know, it could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be, if you're married, it should be your spouse. Uh, but imagine for a moment that you're in love with somebody, and, and you see a gift that you really want to give them. You see a gift that you want them to have. And so what do you do? You go and you work for the money to earn the gift. You get enough money for the gift. You buy the gift and you give them this gift to this person who you love that you want them to have this gift. Now, I want you to imagine that you give them this gift. They receive this gift and immediately they walk away and they go to their wallet or they go to their purse and they try to pay you for that gift. What would be going through your mind in that moment as they're thumbing out the money to put in your hands, right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be a little confused? Wouldn't you go, well, no, I don't, I don't think you understand. This, this is a gift. This is, you, don't, you don't have to pay me for it. It's already been paid for. Why, why would you try to pay me for something that I want to give to you? And they're adamant. No, no, no. This is much too nice a gift. I need to pay you for this one. I mean, the thought that went into this, the care that went into this, you would cross over from being confused is actually you'd probably go to being offended. Kind of going, you don't, you don't get this at all. And, and if they kept being insistent on paying you, you'd probably get to the place where you were hurt, going, I don't think you understand this relationship at all. 
when they're trying to pay you for this gift. Why? Why would you be confused? Why would you be offended? Why would you be hurt if somebody tried to pay you for the gift? Well, because it's already paid for. It's a gift, <laughs> right? That's the nature of this thing. And the reason that I bring this up is because we do this very thing with God. He grants us the gift of salvation. And for many of us, we attempt to pay him back. And in fact, not only do we not expect him to be confused, to be offended, or to be hurt, we actually expect him to love us more because we're trying to pay him back for this gift. And so what I want to do today from the scriptures is I want to show you from the Bible how to receive God's gift of grace and God's gift of salvation. And so if you brought a Bible with you, if you will open up to Luke chapter 1, but I also want you to find Romans chapter 6. Luke 1, Romans 6, both of those are in the New Testament. We're going to be in that place today. While you're going to Luke 1 and Romans 6, uh, I want to invite you to bow your heads and pray as well. God, we... We love you. We understand you to the best that we can right now. And we also realize that our understanding of you today is not comprehensive. It is not exhaustive. We don't know everything about you in this moment. And so I am wondering, I'm asking even to the point of of just pleading, would you reveal more of yourself to us today? May we get to see you freshly, new. May we, may we understand a new facet of your person and your character that maybe we've never seen before. We want to hear from you so desperately, more than anybody else today. May you come and speak clearly to us today, Holy Spirit. We ask these things through the great name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Okay, Luke 1, if you've made it there, we're going to start uh, in Luke 1, and we're going to begin with verse 26. Uh, this is uh, looking at the birth of Christ. And it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me 
be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And so we're looking at the birth of Christ in this moment. And there's this word that pops up twice just in the passages we read. And it's this word favor, right? Uh, Gabriel refers to Mary as the highly favored one. He says, you have found favor with God. Now that word favor in the Greek is actually the Greek word charis. Um, it's, in fact, it's where we got the name for our youngest daughter, Karis. And Karis literally means grace. That's what the word Karis means in original Greek, grace. And here it's translated favor, which isn't wrong. But when we're talking about this favor, we're actually talking about the word grace. And when we're talking about grace, I think it's helpful to define that word very quickly, which simply grace is an unearned, undeserved gift. It's an unearned, undeserved blessing. That's what charis is. That's what grace is in the scripture. And so Gabriel says, you, you are highly blessed, Mary, and you didn't deserve it. You, you haven't earned this amazing blessing that's been placed on your life, but you have found grace. You have found favor. You have found charis with the Lord. And, and I'm thinking about this account just right here in Luke 2, and I'm thinking about the account of Jesus' birth and, and this uh, virgin conception is got grace and favor and charis painted all over it. I mean, just think about it. Right in the verses we read, Gabriel says, hey, listen, you know your relative Elizabeth? She's, she's old, like really old, <laughs> right? And, and like old enough where she can't have kids and she's never had kids. And by the way, she's pregnant, right? That's what a moment of grace. It, it's, it's impossible, right? It's an act of grace that basically grandmama getting pregnant, right? And so she actually gives birth to John the baptizer. Wow. What an act of grace. It's an act of grace for a virgin to become pregnant with God's son, right? Physically, that just doesn't even make sense. And this is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us shows up. It's an act of grace that God would send one of his angels, Gabriel, to come and explain to Mary what is going on, right? In a, in a dream, an angel comes to Joseph to explain what is going on. That is an act of grace for God to share his plan with them. If you look in the, uh, the gospel of Matthew, it's an act of grace that Matthew wants, or excuse me, that Joseph, once he finds out that Mary is pregnant, what he could have done is divorced her, brought her out into the middle of the village, declared her an adulteress, and the whole village would have stoned her to death. That's what, have, what the law would have required. And it's an act of grace that he didn't do that. But instead, he stayed with her and he walked with her throughout this entire journey. It's an act of grace that God himself would enter into his creation as an infant. And so when we think about the birth of Jesus, that the grace of God is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so the birth of Christ is a gift of grace from God, which helps us to see very clearly that salvation is a gift of grace from God. Do you see that the birth is an act of grace, which points to the reality that the salvation 
is a gift of grace. And and one passage that helps us to see that really clearly is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And so we're actually, I want you to flip over to that verse. And then once you get over there, we're actually going to read this passage out loud together um, at all of our locations. So let's bring that uh, verse up. And then we're going to give Bluffton a chance to get that uh, verse up on the screen. And so all of our locations, we're going to read this passage together, starting with, uh, for the wages of sin is death. Are you ready? Let's go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in... Good, good, yeah. And so really clearly, right, the the picture is being painted for us with clarity that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you have to understand Where that passage starts, it says that the wages of sin is death. And so what you you need to see very quickly there is that you have to work for sin's reward. You, You have to work for that. You actually have to earn the reward for sin. And by the way, the the payment, the reward for sin, for all of your hard work, for all of your effort, for all of your time, for all of your energy invested in sin, your payoff is death. That's That's the reward. By the way, the Bible describes death in three ways. Because a lot of us, we go, well, the wages of sin is death. I don't feel dead. I'm alive. I'm moving. I'm kicking. I'm breathing. I'm having a good time. Well, there's three ways that the Bible understands death. The first way is physical, right? This is your body stops breathing, moving, living, growing, right? And so the Bible understands death as physical, but the Bible also understands death as spiritual. And spiritual death is being separated from God. Spiritual death is a life that is focused on self. Spiritual death is a life that is ruled by sin. And so you can be physically alive and yet spiritually dead at the exact same time. Now, I said there were three ways that the Bible describes death. And the third way is this, eternal, eternal death. And eternal death is the ultimate final separation from God when your body stops living physically. That's eternal death. And it is un relenting, unending death. That's how the Bible describes it, right? And you need to understand, you know, I I do a lot of funerals as a pastor, and one of the things that people will say in an effort to try to bring comfort to those who are mourning is they'll say, well, you know, death is, it's just a part of life, you know? And and they're right, it's a part of life, but others will say, you know, it's just a part of nature, it's the way that we're made. And I have to, I want to say, no, no, death is not natural, Death is not a part of nature. In fact, death is an intruder. Did you know that? Death is actually an intruder. Death did not come onto the scene until Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve chose to depend on themselves, chose to choose life in their own pathway instead of trusting and relying on, on God. And so you have to understand, death is not a natural part of life. It's actually unnatural. It's an intruder. It's not normal. But that's the reward for working for sin. It's death. But the back half of that passage is very different. The back half of that passage says, but the, but the gift, the charis, right? There it is again. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. What that is talking about is talking about salvation. It's talking about the rescue. It's talking about the renewal. It's talking about the right relationship with God, saving you from death. 
That's the gift. And by the way, you cannot work for the gift. You can't earn the gift. Remember how confused and offended and even hurt you would be that someone you would love would try to pay you back for a gift that you desperately wanted to give them? The same thing is true here, right? You can't pay for the gift. You can only receive it. By the way, the reward of the gift is it's eternal life. And you know how the Bible describes death in three ways? The Bible also describes life in three ways. There's physical life, right? Moving, living, breathing, doing the Macarena, all of those things. Uh, But then life is also described as spiritual. And so spiritual life is fellowship with God. It's, It's relying on God. It's empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit, right? That's spiritual life. But then also when your physical life ends here and you stop living, there's also eternal life, which is ultimate and final union with God. It's abundant life. It's what you and I were created for. We were created to know God. We were created to be with God. We were created to love God, right? And rely on him for absolutely everything. That's what heaven is. That's what eternal life truly, really is. And so you've got to understand that the fact that the birth of Christ is a gift of grace, points to the reality that salvation in Christ is a gift of grace as well. And to appreciate this gift, you've really got to understand the gift if you're going to really grasp it, right? And so you got to go back to the beginning. You've got to understand that you and I were created for eternal life. We were made in God's image to know God, to rely on God, and to be with God forever. But the problem is every single one of us actually identify as sinners, Every single one of us, everybody starts out that way. And there's two reasons. Number one is because we're the offspring of sinners. We're the offspring of Adam and Eve who chose to go their own way. You can read about it in Genesis chapter three. And that has been passed down to every single one of us. Theologians like to call that original sin. And so this is something that gets passed down to every single one of us. And original sin gives us the desire, the propensity to want to sin, to want to live life by our own uh, direction and our own pathway. And so we're sinners because we're the offspring of sinners, but we're also sinners because every single one of us has actually worked for sin. We've all engaged in sin personally. Every single one of us has lied. We have cheated. We have taken, um, we've, we've taken advantage of another person. We've misled, right? Whatever it is, every single one of us have lived lives focused on self And so that makes us not only the offspring of sinners, but also guilty on our own. And so we all receive the reward for working for sin, which is death, right? That's the reward. And and I want you to hear this. I'm going to say it, and it's going to might catch you off guard, but you've got to understand that what I'm about to say is really, really true. And if you gloss over this, you will miss a very important aspect of the gift of salvation, Here's what I'm going to say. Death is fair for sinners. Physical death is fair. Spiritual death is fair. Eternal death is fair for sinners. Why? Because it's what you worked for. You earned it. You you chose to work for that. And that is the reward for sin. And so death is fair 
for sinners. But you want to know what's unfair? Let's talk about what's unfair for just a moment. What is unfair is receiving God's gift of eternal life by grace through Jesus Christ. That's unfair. Why? Because you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it, right? It's, it's a gift. You, you can only receive it. You, you, can't, you can't buy it. You can't pay it back. You can only receive it. By the way, God's salvation comes as a free gift or it doesn't come at all. Let me say that again because that's very, very critical. God's gift of salvation comes as a free gift or it does not come at all. Okay? Why? Because Christ has already done all of the work to provide the gift. He's already done all the earning to give the gift. This is why he came to earth. This is why he lived a perfect life in a sinful world. This is why he died the death that you and I earned. This is why he was raised to life, showing his victory over sin and death. Why did he do all of that? So that he could give the very perfect gift to the person he loved the most. Right? Like he loves you. And he loves me. And he did all of that so that you could receive as a gift forgiveness. And so do you begin to see, do you begin to understand why actually your efforts and my efforts to pay God back for his free gift of grace is, is offensive to God? It's, it's actually, it's, it's hurtful to God to try to pay him back for what he has already given to us as a gift. And you need to know that there's no amount of prayers that you can pray to pay God back. There's no amount of time in the scriptures, no number of Bible verses. There's no number of hours that you can serve in ministry. There's no amount of money that you can give. There's no number of times you can get baptized in order to pay God back for this gift of salvation. You can only receive it. And that's true for those who aren't of faith yet, but also for those of us who've been walking with Jesus for decades. You cannot pay him back. Salvation is a gift of grace from God. So the question then becomes, well, how do I use that gift? How how does that gift work? Well, over the summer, I received a gift. We were going down on a missions trip to Columbia, and I received a gift uh, that they gave to everybody going on the trip. And I'm not sure if you can see this very well or on the camera very well, but this is a piece of leather <laughs> that I received as a gift before going on this trip. And I opened it up, and there's a logo of the organization on the other side, and I thought, this is great. <laughs> Thank you for this leather. Um, <laughs> and, and so I remember opening and going, oh, Wow. Um, well, it's got snaps on it. So I'm like trying to figure out how to snap this thing together. And so I snap it like this and I'm like, oh, cool. It's a, a triangle. And, and so I, you know, snap it all together. Look, you can hold it and, and stuff. And, and I'm like, no, 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 that surely can't be the way that it works. And so I unsnapped that and I was like, oh, well, maybe it goes this way. And so I like snap the ends together out here. And I was like, oh, this makes more sense. Right. Cause now I have a, Chalupa. And, and so I can, I can put my food in here and just, you know, eat it out. And, and I'm like, I'm just, and I finally, I like look at this thing. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I just throw it down. Right. And I walk away. So like 15 minutes later, my wife comes up to me and she's like, 
um, do you know what this is? And I was like, well, yeah, it's a chalupa holder. <laughs> Duh, we're going to South America. Um, and she's like, no. She begins to snap all of the corners together. And she said, it's a tray to put on your nightstand so you can hold your keys and your phone or whatever at night. I was like, oh. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, this is great. And so you know what? I actually use this thing almost every night on my nightstand now, uh, where before I was just going to throw this thing away because I did not understand how this thing worked at all. And so the same is true is if you don't understand how to use the gift of salvation, you'll actually kind of look at it and go, oh, cool, wonderful. Thanks, God. I'm going to put this with the other gifts I'm going to return, you know? But instead, you've got to understand, what do we do with this? What do we do with this gift of salvation? I'm going to tell you very quickly. You receive it, you enjoy it, and you share it. That's what you do with the gift of salvation. You receive it, you enjoy it, and you share it. There is a fourth option, which I think is the worst option. The fourth option of what to do with it is you reject it completely. And by the way, there's no in-between. You can't kind of have it and kind of not have it. Either you're in or you're out. Either you want all of it or you want none of it, okay? But to receive it. How do you receive the gift of salvation? Well, it starts this, with this place. You believe that this is true. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that he really did die for your sins. You believe that he really was raised from the dead for you. And you believe that the Holy Spirit takes up residency in every person who says yes to Jesus. You start with that. You believe, right? And you go, how do I believe? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the secret to belief. You decide. You simply decide. You decide to believe. Even when, even when your mind is going, this can't be true. This seems crazy. It seems outrageous. You go, but the Bible is true. And I'm going to believe that this is true. And you choose. To, that's faith. That's faith, by the way. I choose to believe that this is true no matter what. The other thing I think you do to receive it is you tell God you want the gift that he's offering. I want your salvation. I want your grace. I want your freedom. You tell him, but you receive it. Then you enjoy it. And when I say enjoy it, I mean this. Delight in his forgiveness. Delight in this new life, right? When you get a gift, what do you do with it? You use it. You use it. Listen, so many of us, right? We, we sin. We know we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. We know we're choosing life by our own measure, by our own direction. And what we do when, we, when the Holy Spirit helps us understand that and see that, we almost come to God afraid. Like, I, I, I know I'm supposed to ask forgiveness because it's going to be weird because I feel shameful and all this kind of stuff. And when we kind of like, you know what? I, I did this and I guess I'm sorry. Okay, now I'm going to go now. And we run away. Listen, you need to learn how to actually let the forgiveness of Christ wash over you and delight your soul. And, and, you, and there is a level where you should be embarrassed and you should be humbled because you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it, but you shouldn't be ashamed. In fact, you should come to God immediately the moment the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the fact that you've been walking in self-directed living and come with expectation that when I confess my sin and I ask him for forgiveness, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive me of my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness because that's what the scriptures say. And so enjoy it. Now, I'm not saying go out and live however you want, right? And go, well, I'm going to go get me some forgiveness tonight, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is know that it's already been given to you. 
And enjoy the fact that Christ has purchased that for you. Enjoy walking in holiness. Enjoy turning away from self-centeredness and towards walking with God. Hang out with the Lord. Just hang out with them. There's an account when Jesus is uh, at his friend's house. His friend's name was Lazarus. And he has two sisters. And one sister is Mary. And Mary's just like sitting at the feet of Jesus, enjoying being with him. And the other sister, Martha's running around the house. She's cleaning, she's cooking, she's preparing. And she pauses the moment. She goes, Jesus, you tell Mary to get to work. She's not doing anything. I'm doing all this stuff. She's not doing anything. And you know what Jesus says? He goes, Martha, calm down. Mary has chosen the better thing. Do you realize that? Jesus said, it is better to be with me than to be busy doing all of this stuff. Hang out with God and learn to enjoy him. And then share it with others. Give away God's grace to others. Forgive. Show patience. Show long-suffering. Tell others about who Jesus is and what he's done. You might invite somebody to join you at Lighthouse Community over the next few weeks as we talk through Mighty to Save. Right? That's actually the next step on the back of your connection card. To just invite a friend to join you over the next couple of weeks. But remember that salvation is a gift of grace from God. And it's there for you to use it and to enjoy it and to share it. And so I want to give just a couple of next steps you might consider this week. The first one is this. I want to talk to the Christians in the room first. And so those of you who are Christ followers and you're walking with Jesus... Your next step for this week might be, and it may sound weird, but learn to enjoy God's grace. For some of you, nobody's ever told you that. This is the first time you're hearing it. And I want to tell you, learn how to enjoy God's grace. And here's something you might do. You actually you might start the day by saying something like this to yourself. I don't deserve to even know that there's a God who exists. That's true. You don't. What is also true at the exact same time is that through Christ, you are invited to boldly approach the Holy One who sits on the throne. Both of those things are true at the same time. What if you started your day with that reality? I don't even deserve to know that there's a God who exists. And yet, through Christ, I'm invited to boldly approach the Holy One who's seated on the throne. What if you just started every day with that idea and then go to the throne, go to the Holy One, go be with your Heavenly Father and enjoy spending time with Him. Now, for those of you who aren't followers of Jesus yet, I want to throw a thought in front of you. The first is this, is that you would consider, this is the first thing, that you would just consider that what we've talked about is actually true. That you would consider that this is true. You would consider that Jesus is God's son, that he did live a perfect life. He did die a death in my place. He was raised from the dead. You would consider that this is true. And you might actually discover what the Bible has to say. In a really practical step, we have this Bible reading plan called 30 Days Through the Bible. Now, I know some of you are going, read the Bible in 30 days? You're crazy. That would be crazy, but it can be done. 
I'm not inviting you to do that. But instead, we have a Bible reading plan that will take you through really critical passages from Genesis to Revelation that in 30 days, you're going to get broad brushstrokes of all of Scripture. You might read that. You might use that and read that for the next 30 days to discover who is God, what has He done, what has He accomplished. Again, if you want that, next, if you want that resource, that's on your connection card. And so some of you are at the place where you're ready to consider, but some of you, you're at the place where you're ready to decide. You have heard God speaking to you, and you are ready to choose Jesus Christ. And you might be saying, how, how do I know? How do I know that I belong to Jesus? How do I, how do I know that I'm saved? I'm going to tell you how you can know. Answer two questions. The first one is this. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that he died on the cross for you, that he was raised from the dead? Do you believe that? If you can say yes, you're going in the right direction. But there's a second question that's equally important, and it's this. Do you sense the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Do you sense the Holy Spirit living inside of you? And if you can say yes to both of those questions, that's a pretty good indication that you probably belong to him. By the way, if you can't say yes to both of those questions, I would be seeking the Lord. I would be pursuing him, right? And I know for some of you going, well, wait a second. What, tell, don't I get to pick like my date when I pray my prayer? Don't I choose when I was baptized? Like, isn't that how I know that I'm saved? Like, well, scripture actually doesn't say that. Scripture says, do you believe that Jesus is who he said he is? And is the Holy Spirit living inside of you? If you can say yes to both of those things, you belong to him. Is the Holy Spirit changing you? Is he living in you? Is he transforming you? Is he drawing drawing you to yourself? And I want you to imagine for a moment that if you say yes to Jesus, imagine what your life could be like. Imagine what it would be like to be free from guilt, to be free from shame of living in darkness, separated from God. Imagine what it would be like to be free from the impending doom of what the end of my life is going to bring because I don't know what's after all of that. Imagine what it would be like to experience God's love so much for yourself that the fear that controls you begins to melt away and is gone. Imagine what it would be like giving the gift of God's grace to others and witnessing God's work in their lives too. You see, salvation, just like Jesus' birth, is a gift of God's grace to you. And you cannot earn it. You cannot pay for it. You can only receive it as the gift it's intended to be. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and ask this one question. Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I just want you to listen to him for a moment. Holy Spirit, my guess is that you are dealing in the hearts and minds of many of us around this room and all of our locations. And for some, you are drawing us out of death, out of spiritual death, to step into life and into light. 
For others, you are speaking and touching on areas where we are choosing our own direction, our own decision, and you're inviting us to confess that. You're inviting us to turn away from that and to choose you instead. And I pray that whether whether you are speaking to someone who's not a believer yet or whether you're speaking to somebody who is a believer, I pray you would invite us all to receive your gift, to learn how to enjoy your gift and to share your gift with others around us. Empower us, we pray. May we sense the move and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, affirming that we belong to you. We trust you because there's no one else we can trust. One of the things that we love to do at Lighthouse is we love to pray for one another. And so what's going to happen is the band's going to come up. They're going to lead us in just one last song. And during this song, uh, we're going to have prayer leaders who are going to be in the four corners of the room. And so they're actually heading to those locations now. Um, And uh, we'll have one up here by the Christmas tree, another here by the tree, one back by the sound booth under the clock, and then one over here. Mama Carla's guarding the double door, so you ain't getting out without prayer and without a hug, okay? So if you walk that way, just know you're going to be prayed for (laughs) and loved on. So, um, But I want to encourage you, don't... Please don't be embarrassed to want to receive prayer. Like, seriously, like, I need prayer. I do. And I'm grateful for the many of you who pray for me and for my family throughout the week. Thank you for that. That, that means we sense that, we feel that. But, but this is an opportunity for us to pray for one another because you need prayer too. And so when the band sings, just a moment, I'm going to have everybody stand in just a moment, but you can just head to any of these corners and share your prayer requests. And these people who are trained and ready to pray with you would absolutely love to pray with you. So if you're here in the house, let's stand together. As we prepare to worship, I want to pray for you. And then I want you to come and to pray with one of our leaders as well. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw absolutely every single person who needs prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to receive prayer, don't wait. We would love to pray with you right now. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.